Who booked this? Who booked this cameo? Who booked me to be on here? You know what? You're listening to Who Booked This? And I'm Brian Frickin' Pillman Jr., baby. In the wild world of professional wrestling, there are many great stories yet to be told. For every Hogan versus Andre, the irresistible force meeting the immovable object, there is a finger poke of doom. What just happened here? For every Mr. Perfect, that was perfect. There is a red rooster. <laughs> and for every that's gotta be Kane, Hellfire and Bridgestone, there is a Shockmaster. You want a piece of me? Come and get me. We will explore those stories and more on this week's episode of Who Booked This? Welcome everybody back to a live edition of Who Booked This? Back after the uh, month of watch-alongs, I appreciate my buddies TJ and Nick for joining me on those watch-along episodes. I hope you guys enjoyed them because we're going to be doing more in the future, so if you didn't, I'm sorry. A little bit of housekeeping up top before we get to the episode. I've been working on a big two-part mid-season finale for Who Booked This that has taken up a lot of my time recently, which is why the watch-alongs, because I want them to be perfect. It's going to be a controversial issue. I think people are going to have a lot to say, so I'm trying to take my time with it to deliver as much good quality content as I possibly can. After part two of the two-part Hall of Fame episodes air, the show will take a post-summer break, a short one, and season two of Who Booked This will roll out in October of this year. With a little bit of change, not much, but just more in-depth format and a little bit of changes here or there. So as long as you're still on board, I'm still going to keep giving you the content and I appreciate it. Without further ado, let's get to this week's episode. Jeff Hardy debuted with Total Nonstop Action Wrestling on June 23rd, 2004. The former WWE Tag, European, Hardcore, and Intercontinental Champion had been released from WWE in 2003 for refusing to go to rehab and general erratic behavior. After a brief stint on the indie circuit, as well as one appearance in Ring of Honor, TNA took a chance on signing the younger of the Hardy Boys team. Jeff, with the new nickname, the Charismatic Enigma, rose to prominence pretty quickly in TNA, getting a chance at the X Division Championship against AJ Styles and Kid Cash. Later, he would challenge longtime reigning champion Jeff Jarrett for the NWA Championship, falling short in both attempts. It wouldn't be long before trouble followed Hardy again. In May of 05, he was suspended by TNA for no-showing a match against Raven at their pay-per-view Hard Justice. The suspension would be lifted in August, and Hardy would return to the ring on September 11th in a loss against Bobby Roode, before he was glorious. One of Jeff's biggest highlights in TNA was his insane swanton bomb on Abyss from approximately 22 feet in a Monsters Ball match. 
Hardy was scheduled for the Genesis pay-per-view at the end of 2005, but no show due to alleged travel issues. This would not be the only time travel issues would come up with Jeff. Hardy would formally be released from TNA in June of 2006. On August 21st, 2006, Jeff Hardy would return home to WWE. Intercontinental and Tag Team Championship reigns would come quickly as Hardy worked his way back to the top of the company. In March of 2008, Hardy would lose his Intercontinental Championship to Chris Jericho following a brief feud. The real reason for dropping the championship was revealed to be an upcoming suspension Hardy would serve for violating the company's wellness policy. Hardy would miss WrestleMania that year due to the suspension, but would return on May 12th, defeating Umaga in competition. In need of a fresh start, Jeff was drafted to the SmackDown brand in June, quickly getting to the WWE title picture, getting opportunities at No Mercy and Cyber Sunday respectively. Though unsuccessful in those attempts, success would not be far off, as Hardy captured the WWE Championship at Armageddon in December, defeating both Hall of Famers, Hall of Famer and future Hall of Famer, Edge and Triple H. His time on top would be short-lived, as he would be defeated by Edge the next month for the championship. An epic feud with CM Punk over the World Heavyweight Championship would end Jeff's latest stint with WWE, as he left the company in August to rehab a nagging neck injury. Five months later, Jeff would begin his second stint in Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, re-debuting on the live episode of Impact, which will be a future episode. Hardy would feud with Ken Anderson, formerly Ken Kennedy, Bobby Roode, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, and others on his way to capturing the TNA Heavyweight Championship, defeating both Angle and Anderson at Bound for Glory, with the help of Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. Another story for another time. Jeff would trade title reigns back and forth with Ken Anderson before officially dropping the championship to Sting on the March 3rd, 2011 episode of Impact. On March 13th of 2011, Jeff would get his rematch at Victory Road against the icon Sting. Now this is where I want to pause because up to this point, Jeff had been doing fine. He had not had very many issues with TNA. He'd had the travel issues before, but that was all behind him in WWE. He had, he left due to a nagging back injury, yet he shows up on TNA almost immediately on their live episode. So it kind of begs the question, what was really going on there, if anything? Maybe nothing. Maybe he was tired of that 300-day-a-year schedule. Maybe he wanted the impact lighter schedule, because at the time, they filmed at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida, for most of their TV and pay-per-views. That's a little bit different than going to 300 cities a year. And uh, thank you to the good folks of the Orlando Police Department that are coming up behind me, apparently. But at this moment in TNA, you have to look at the structure. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff were brought in by Spike TV to be 
on-air talents as well as behind-the-scenes talents. You have Dixie Carter, who's the president of the company. You have Bruce Pritchard, who is head of talent relations. And you have a lot of great competitors here. Ken Anderson, Jeff Hardy, Kurt Angle, Van Damme. Uh, Bobby Roode is the young talent. Eric Young. This is when AJ Styles, this is when TNA was firing on all cylinders, even though they had that hiccup at the live show, which, like I said, we'll talk about at another time. TNA was on the way up and had good quality programming. Where they started to screw up, especially in 2011, was all of these stables they decided to put together, like Fortune, and which will be another episode, and Immortal, and all this other garbage that sucked. Like, nobody cared about any of that stuff. And Jeff Hardy was an Immortal, and Eric Bischoff was the head of the Immortal, or some stupid shit. And it just really bogged down everything everybody else was doing. Much like WCW, when the factions were bogging down the company. You had the NWO, Raven's Flock, the LWO, all these factions that... WCW was a faction factory, and they would always bog down the single wrestlers. Same here. But before Victory Road and the main event would take off, Jeff would be in probably the worst position of his entire life. According to an episode of Something to Wrestle with Bruce Prichard, Hardy was not available most of the day. Bruce didn't even see him most of the day. And once they finally did is when it was time for him to go out. This is according to Bruce. And I'm paraphrasing here. They just didn't see him go out. They knew he was messed up. And they let him go out. Bruce, Eric, Dixie, Hulk, all just, Jeff Hardy just walked past them all to the ring. I'm not going to play the entire clip of the match. It's it's honestly not that long. You can Google it and check it out. But what essentially happens is Hardy Hardy's music hits. And he's coming down to the ring. And you can tell by, first of all, how long it takes him to come out. It takes him a good 30, 40 seconds to actually come out. And he's doing his thing with his hands, but it just looks messed up. It looks like your drunk uncle trying to dance with you at a wedding. Like, it's it's very weird. So when Jeff finally gets to the ring, he just kind of sits in the corner, Raven style, looking like he's been hit in the head with a brick. Like, he just, the dazed look on his face. Sting comes out, and you can tell Sting is pissed off about what's going on. He's yelling at Hardy, and just the general demeanor of Sting is not good. This is where I'll pick up the clip, because Eric Bischoff comes out here and tries to save face, tries to make it an ODQ match, trying to buy Hardy some time to, to kick out the cobwebs and figure it out. So listen to this, and I'll be right back with you. Add a little stipulation. We're going to make it a no disqualification match. Mr. Hardy's been able to prepare for. That's the way it is. Oh. Okay, then. There you have it. Declines to throw the shirt. And now decides he better focus on the task at hand. And that's trying to win back the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, not just for himself, but also for Eric Bischoff, Hulk Hogan, and everyone aligned with Immortal. Yo, right now, oh, he's wow. right off the bat. Scorpion Death Drop. He's going to play against him. Got him. Three. What?
Shocker! Shocker! Holy smokes! So there you go. Eric Bischoff tries to come in and save it. He gives Sting the order to just pin him. Just get out of it. Sting hits a scorpion death drop once they actually get into a tie-up. And that's it. One, two, three. This is... Here's the thing. This is not the time of the WWE Network. Like, $9.99 or iPay-Per-View or any of that stuff was really big at the time. To get a TNA pay-per-view, I think it was $39.99. So, if I'm paying $39.99 and I'm expecting a main event between the legendary Sting and the legendary Jeff Hardy, and it ends in like a five-second bullshit finish, I'm going to be pissed. The pay-per-view itself was already bad, but up to this point, I'm sorry, that was completely contradictory. The whole pay-per-view up to this point had been terrible. And now this on top? No, sir. Jeff Hardy, at this point, has hit rock bottom. It's not a rookie mistake. This was no minor indiscretion. Jeff Hardy had embarrassed himself. He'd embarrassed the company that trusted him as to be one of their top talents as the main event on one of their pay-per-views that, you know, creates extra revenue for the company. It's pretty important. And also, he embarrassed a legend in Sting. Uh, Wrestling's a lot about trust. That's why you don't see drunk people fighting each other. That's outlaw much of bullshit, as Jim Cornette would say. You don't see WWE superstars wrestling each other when they're drunk. And if you do, like in the case of Alicia Fox, allegedly, you people get fired. Like Aaron Anderson gets fired. It's a huge fucking deal. And I got to be honest with you. I'm not a Jeff Hardy fan. Never have been. I always liked Matt better. And that's probably because I, I saw Jeff as a guy that just jumped off of stuff. And for a lot of his career, that's what he's done. He's not a nuanced wrestler. Come on. But Jeff Hardy would be sent home the next day after the pay-per-view and would not return to TNA until August 25th. Hardy would get another heavyweight title run, unbelievably. And more importantly, he would have no further issues before departing TNA in 2017. So that's good. You don't want to have any more issues where you've embarrassed the company, but they'll make you world champion. Okay. Jeff would reunite with his brother, Matt to defeat the Young Bucks for the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles, and the Hardys would drop them back to the Bucks a few weeks later. Now, something I did like about about the Hardys, and especially Jeff Hardy, I'm actually sitting in the commemorative chair right now. In April of 2017, at WrestleMania 33, the Hardys would make one of the greatest surprise returns in WWE history as they shocked the world by winning the Raw Tag Team Championships in a four-way ladder match at WrestleMania. Awesome. Amazing to be in attendance for that. The loudest crowd I've ever heard in my life, which is crazy because Camping World Stadium, where it's at, you know, it's a stadium. It doesn't have a top. So to get that kind of sound when the sound evaporates up and pushes out is pretty crazy. To get that in most arenas that WWE runs, it's usually a basketball arena. And sound is built like a vortex in a basketball arena, it's meant to come up off of the court so you can hear what's going on on the court. And to get that kind, that's a little science lesson for you. So into an open air stadium to get that kind of loud reaction is pretty remarkable, pretty incredible. Great moment. Not long after the return, Jeff Hardy would be sidelined for six months with a shoulder injury. So right away, 
The Hardys are here. The Hardys are gone. Unfortunately, trouble would return for Jeff as in March of 2018, just last year, he was involved in a small traffic accident where he was arrested for DUI. Hardy was not only not disciplined by WWE, but he was gifted a run with the United States Championship. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I, I really don't get it. Like, I obviously would want somebody to get help. I want Jeff to get help. I want him to be healthy. I know he's got a child, I think a daughter. And I just want him to be a healthy person and be a good dad and do all that stuff that I would want for any human being. But there's got to come a point where you have to let the chances run out. Of course, you never want to give up on a human. But dude, you've gone through this so many freaking times. A billion-dollar company can't have that kind of liability running around. Now, Jeff wasn't drunk in the ring, but he was drunk on a roadway and did get involved in a traffic accident. So you can weigh which one's worse. I, I don't know. But to come right back with a U.S. title run, like, come on, man. Ridiculous. Let's say that it wasn't Jeff Hardy. Let's say that it was... And I'm, <laughs> Jimmy Uso has had his problems as well, and, and Jimmy Uso's kind of toeing this line as well. But let's say if it was... And I'm not, I'm not saying that he does this kind of thing, but let's say that it was like Kurt Hawkins. Would Kurt Hawkins get cut? No. Or I'm sorry, yes. Yes, Kurt Hawkins would get cut. And I know your argument is, well, Kurt Hawkins isn't Jeff Hardy. Yeah, you're right about that, but why keep a guy around that's a possible liability? I, I just don't understand it. Well, the U.S. title run came and went. And in 2019, Matt and Jeff would capture the SmackDown Tag Team Championships ever so briefly. As in April, just a few months ago, Jeff Hardy would be sidelined with another injury that could last as long as nine months. A few weeks prior to this recording, Jeff Hardy was arrested again. This time for public intoxication after being found passed out at a staircase on a staircase in Myrtle Beach. And at the time of this recording, Jeff is still out with injury with no current date of return. Wrestling superstar Jeff Hardy was arrested in downtown Myrtle Beach today. Police say around 11 a.m. they got a call of a man who was intoxicated at a local hotel. When they arrived, they say they found Hardy heavily intoxicated and took him into custody. The 41-year-old has been part of the WWE since the 90s. He's best known for his tag team matches alongside his brother, Matt. The public intoxication charge Hardy is facing is a misdemeanor, punishable by up to 30 days in jail. I hope Jeff Hardy gets help. I hope he accepts help. I hope that he can turn his life around again. I don't even, I don't care if he wrestles again. That's not my concern at this point. Um, even as someone that's not a big fan of his, I, I do like to watch him wrestle on occasion. Uh, I thought his match with Randy Orton in Hell Will Cell was amazing, but I, I'd i rather him be safe and be in a good state of mind than I would be uh, to be out there wrestling. Same with Jimmy Uso, who's having some problems as well. Uh, same with anybody that's had problems in the past. Randy Orton uh, and even Roman Reigns with his leukemia diagnosis. I, I'd rather much, I'd much rather him be, you know, well than come out and uh, entertaining the crowd. It's just not necessary. Your life's more important than that. But I hope that this is a, this is a small story. It's not a very long episode and I get that. Um, but I just, I wanted to tell this one because I feel like it's timely with the Uso incident. And, and since Jeff was just recently arrested 
And uh, the WWE just seems to to glance over these things. And they put out a statement recently that said, you know, Jeff is responsible for his own actions. And of, and of course, that no shit. But nothing's going to come of it. When he comes back, he's he's going to be cheered by the fans. And, and that's whatever. That's your prerogative if you want to cheer him. But WWE just doesn't seem in the business of helping Jeff anymore. They just seem, well, he's left to his own devices. When he comes back, we'll use him. When he fucks up again, we'll get rid of him. Or he'll be injured or something. And that's just, it's not a good way to do business, especially when you're publicly traded. You're getting ready to go on Fox on um, network television. And it's a big deal. So I, I hope Jeff Hardy, the, I wish the best for Jeff Hardy in the future. I hope he gets his act together. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see when he comes back uh, what the reception is and if there's any punishment. But like I said, this is going to be um, this is a shorter episode, and this will be uh, one of the last ones of this uh, season. And a retooling will happen after a short break. And we're going to come back better than ever with more guests, more topics, more different things going on, and hopefully some sponsors and stuff like that. And uh, I hope you'll stick with me to it. You can find me on Twitter at only Aaron Turner. If you wouldn't mind, go ahead and share in this episode and tell me what you thought of it. I'd really appreciate that. That would be awesome. Please keep leaving the reviews and the ratings on iTunes. That helps out tremendously. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll catch you next week with part one of the Hall of Fame redo. See ya.